All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hurry up, quick. It's a new Tech City quickie. Bradstone is the author of The Everything Store, Jeff Bezos and the Age of Amazon. Brad, thanks so much for uh, calling in from a hotel room for us. Thank you. Now, Brad, this is not an authorized biography, is it? Well, I would say it falls somewhere in the murky middle. Amazon actually opened a lot of doors for me. I think they kind of saw the inevitability of this kind of account now that uh, they're nearly 20 years old and 90,000 employees and have really changed the way the world shops and reads. It wasn't authorized in the sense that uh, Steve Jobs gave access two years ago to his biographer, Walter Isaacson. Obviously, the the circumstances are are a lot different, and Bezos is so focused on the future, doesn't really like to reflect on the past, and of of course is very secretive. But, But he allowed me to talk to Amazon senior executives and friends and family members. I mean, one of the ways you describe Amazon's culture is notoriously confrontational, and you describe Bezos saying that he likes... The, the truth comes when ideas and perspectives bang against each other, sometimes violently. Is that how you explain his success, do you think, in terms of building this company? I think it actually does uh, have a lot to do with Amazon's success. I mean, look, we've, you know, we've all worked in places where, you know, there are high performers and, and, and low performers and where maybe, you know, p- veterans have, have been some, you know, been somewhere for a long time and kind of coast. And he just never wanted that for Amazon. He, you know, like, like Jobs or Bill Gates, he's, he has a really high standard and he just relentlessly pushes everyone around him to meet it and to keep innovating. And it makes Amazon, it can be an uncomfortable place to work. And it's also probably responsible for a good deal of its success. I mean, I, you got to say, like, as much, you're sort of spinning it in a nice way right now. But sometimes when I read it, I was like, this guy's a complete jerk. Like in meetings saying to people, did you take your stupid pills? And just kind of <laughs> really not just well, pushing right. them, but um, pushing them out. That's right. And that was... You know, the, I, I, every, everyone had a great story and a saying like that, and so I wanted to kind of accumulate the greatest hits. Look, I, I mean, I, I actually think there's probably something endemic to being, you know, this kind of visionary and operator where, you know, there's he's, there's some magic there, and, and it does have a dark side. But, um, you know, there, there have been people there for a long time and are extremely loyal, and then there are a lot of people who – you know, join Amazon and leave within six months. Uh, you, there's a whole sort of variety of experience. When it comes to the greatest hits, he's he he can be difficult, but it's, he's also pretty clever in the way he needles his employees. I mean, one of the things you do in the book also is you go back and find Jeff Bezos's biological father, who who actually had no idea who his son had become. Why did you want to include that in the book? Do you think it sort of demonstrates? Um, a greater story or or tells us something more about Bezos's personality or how he got to where he is or was it just sort of just interesting to know Well 
I th- you know, it was a missing piece for sure. I mean, he had always sort of confessed that he never knew his biological father. I find it interesting that, you know, so many of our political and cultural leaders and a lot of our most famous athletes have these sort of unusual circumstances around their early lives from, you know, President Obama, uh, President Clinton, Lance Armstrong. I mean, it's it's an incredible list. It, it's sort of unknowable whether it kind of contributes to the relentless need to prove oneself but, you know, Bezos had this you know, similar circumstance where his biological father left his life when he was three, and it was unclear to me what, we, what I would learn. Uh, I mean, one of the more interesting aspect, facts that I learned when I went and, and found this guy uh, running a bike shop outside of Phoenix is that he had the famous Jeff Bezos laugh. Oh, jeez, uh, that's scary. You know, and he, he, he didn't know what had happened to his, uh, his, his child, and he, he was very regretful about it. I mean, I have to say the takeaway that I got is that one of the most revolutionary things about Jeff Bezos is that he doesn't have the next quarter's earnings in mind. Unlike a lot of companies who, are, when they go public, they just they're continuously have to play to their investors. He is truly about playing the long game. Do you think that that has been the reason why? Do you think that investors have sort of accepted that? A lot of a lot of CEOs give lip service to the long game. I mean, they almost all say it. Bezos is allowed to do it. His shareholders do permit it, and it's it's unusual and probably pretty infuriating for Amazon's uh, rivals. And he's allowed to do it because he's kind of proved himself so many times and gone through the fire of of you know the dot com bust and has essentially basically called his shots since then. I mean, Amazon has delivered on its projections when it says it's going to reinvest and build new fulfillment centers. But and they're come still out not making money, right? They're still not making money, right? I would actually say they're hiding their profit. We know it's a profitable company. And for the last few years, um, they've basically said, we are going to seize what we need to see as a new opportunity, which is to build these massive, expensive fulfillment centers outside a lot of major American cities and also grow internationally. So they did lose money last year. But the incredible thing is that its stock price is at an all-time high. So it's a real paradox and a reflection of how much faith that investors have in Bezos. I mean, the one example that you give that really resonated with me, um, you talk about diapers.com, and I was a diapers.com customer when I had my two kids. And you talk about the way that Jeff Bezos pretty much said, you know what, we want to acquire them, and until until they relent, essentially, we're going to sell diapers at a major loss for the company. They were basically giving diapers away, <laughs> if you think about it. That's right. And they burned much... the fields. I mean, it was they were they were ruthless tactics, and they worked. And diapers was a force to sell. And Amazon outmaneuvered Walmart to buy them. And the, there's a couple of lessons there. One is, you know, Amazon can be a dangerous competitor. And two is, if you're an e-commerce upstart, you know, figure out what you can do that really can't be copyable. Because, you know, at this point, Amazon's got the scale and the relentlessness and the ruthlessness to come and undercut you if they're interested in your market. I mean, ironically, that seems like it might debilitate some entrepreneurial efforts here in the United States. Well, I guess there's the uh, there's that potential, um, but we really haven't seen it over the last few years. I mean, remarkably, you know, there's almost a, a new boom in e-commerce upstarts. Uh, you know, focused on local or mobile. Um, you know, this might sound uh, you know a little too sympathetic to Amazon here, but you know, it, it is a it is a large market, and there are lots of approaches. I mean, that said, I think just entrepreneurs have gotten a lot smarter, and if you go into venture capital firms, you know, they treat 
Amazon like they treated Microsoft in the 90s. You know, you just want to steer way clear of, uh, of Amazon's future roadmap. So one of the, the things that you also talk about are his sort of like weird hobbies a little bit, the clock of the long now. Can you explain what that is and, and something called Blue Origin? Right. Well, Blue Origin is his private space company. So like Elon Musk, uh, the, the uh, CEO of SpaceX, or Richard Branson, who's starting Virgin Galactic, you know, these are, you know, the children of the Star Trek generation who have gone and are using their vast fortunes to try to get into space. And, you know, Blue Bezos wants to reduce the cost of getting to space. And he spends one day a week at this company in the Seattle area. And then the clock of the long now is a mechanical timepiece that is uh, supposed to measure time for thousands of years and uh, chime every century. And uh, it sounds like a wacky, uh, wacky hobby, but they're actually going to build it at uh, Bezos's ranch in Texas. And, and what does that say to you about Jeff Bezos, other than being slightly eccentric? That he pursues his passions, um, you know, that... Uh, he, you know, is uh, is extremely focused, and and also able to diversify himself and spread his time across many projects. And of course, we haven't talked about the Washington Post company, but you know, this is a guy who's already you know running a Fortune 500 company, a venture capital firm, the two side projects we just mentioned, and he has somehow expanding his obligations, not shrinking them. And do you think the Washington Post thing? I think is very interesting. Do you think of that as like he's finally getting into philanthropy because <laughs> they need him so bad? <laughs> <laughs> or what? I, I would imagine that he sees it as a business that can be rescued, you know, with his kind of brand of, of optimism and long-term thinking and, and then his incredible resources. Uh, and, and I also think that it's probably at some point a strategic, you know, benefit to the to the ecosystem of Kindle hardware and Amazon digital services. So, no, I don't, I don't uh, imagine it to be philanthropy, although, interestingly, it, it did do a lot for his image, didn't it, uh, when, uh, when the news came out over the summer? Absolutely. So I guess I want to just wrap up by asking you, Brad, like, what is the law? I mean, this is kind of a, a book that comes when we're sort of just seeing the beginning of all of this, in a way. What do you think is the long-term goal of Jeff Bezos for Amazon? I think it's to build the, the the world's largest retailer and and perhaps even the world's largest company. I mean, his it's why I call the book the Everything Store. His ambition is 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 unbridled, and Amazon is expanding in every direction from different kinds of hardware internationally, different product categories. And I also think that there will be a reckoning where, you know, much like the world had to reckon with Walmart and the effect of its discounting and the way in which it pushed manufacturers overseas, I think we'll be spending a lot of time in future years uh, looking at Amazon's macroeconomic impact and, and the consequences for retailers, for other online upstarts, and for mom-and-pop stores. I mean, my last impression after reading the book, Brad, is Amazon is screwed if anything happens to Jeff Bezos. And that's a great point. I mean, you know, like all founder-driven companies, they kind of revolve around the the brain of the founder. And um, and and I'm not sure anyone's as versatile as Bezos to to run such a diversified company. Now, at the same time, he does have some senior executives who have who have been around him for a while. So we'll see. Brad Stone is the author of The Everything Store: Jeff Bezos and the Age of Amazon. Brad, thank you so much. Thanks.